Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Respond to authority figures. Now that is so cool because most pirates, you know, there's there's no honor among thieves, so to speak. So they had a tremendous authority problem. They had a, a tremendous, I'm going to do it my way when I want it, me first itis kind of disease with those people. And now Titus is being told, remind them they need to submit to authority. The other key word is remind, which means that Titus might have been told um, that Titus had already begun telling them that. But he needed to be reminded, don't forget to keep doing this. Keep on doing it. Now, how does that fit into us? Some of you might say, well, Stan, I already know all of this stuff. Can you get me something else? I'm not being fed at this church. I'll go somewhere else. There are times that God says, you need to be reminded, 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 reminded. And when I read this, I need to be reminded myself. Now, think about that for a moment. How many times that people will slip me money when I speak here and I speak, speak there and it's a, it's a cash or a check and I'm given that. And of course you think, well, you can keep it, can't you? you no, know, I've got to pay taxes on that, folks. And so this reminds me that I still have to obey the authority based on how do I handle money that's given to me as an outside speaker that's not $10 from your mom who gave you some money here to take your wife out to eat. All right, that's a little different than this other stuff. I'm saying all that, that we need to be reminded of this. It is very important. Let's go a little bit further in the passage. He says here, not only do we need to be reminded of these great truths, he said... To be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. I love that. You know, so in other words, I need to obey the law. Part of obeying the law means now I am reminded for every good deed. This is going to help me to do more good deeds within the framework or the balance or the parameter or the boundaries of the law. And I need to find a creative way to do that and watch God do the, the great things in our life. I'm not God unto myself. So I ask the question, why do I need to obey the laws whenever possible? Well, first of all, God established authority. I made the case already for that, but I wanted you to have it. Why do I need to do it? Because God set it up. God said it, therefore I do it. That's, there's no question about that. I am to respect those that are in a position, regardless of their personality or performance, because they have that position. I need to do that, and I hope we will do that. Then, number second bullet point, second reason why. We're to obey the law for our own good. For rulers are not a cause of fear for a good behavior, but for evil. So when I do this, it's for my own good when I follow the law. All right? So keep that in mind. Now, let me see if I can show you an illustration. I, I saw this years ago. It was so good, it really helped me. I don't know if you can see this. Those of you that are listening can't. But I'm opening up a very colorful umbrella right now. <clears throat> and it, uh, no, it, it's got stars and stripes on it. It is not made to look like the American flag because I don't want to turn the... United States flag into some kind of a trinket. It's just got stars and stripes on it, but it does look a little patriotic, wouldn't you agree? Now, I like this umbrella for a lot of reasons. One, it was cheap, didn't cost me very much. Secondly, it's small because I don't like to carry stuff I don't want to carry. You know how guys are, we'll stuff it in our pockets and everything. We don't want to carry stuff. But so it's small. I like all of that. But here, here's what else I like about it. When it rains, uh, I can get under this umbrella so that I can at least stay about as dry as I can. And I like that about this umbrella. It really helps out. The problem is, is that usually when we have an umbrella with Carol, we, don't, we carry one umbrella because I don't want to carry two umbrellas. You have two umbrellas, we're banging into each other, and so that doesn't work very well. So I like to carry the umbrella. But Carol 
feels like when I carry the umbrella, I kind of carry it like this. And she stands over here, all right? You ever notice that? And so then she says, let me have the umbrella. Okay. Oh, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'm the guy. I'll, I'll carry it. I'll hold it for you. And once you get a hold of one of these little, I don't know what they call them, ribs. I guess that's what they are. If they break or bend or you poke a hole through this thing, it's almost useless because now how much rain it is, you may not get as wet as if you didn't have an umbrella, but you still get wet. And that's what you don't want. Now you're probably saying, what is that stupid illustration all about? Well, here's what it's all about. This umbrella is like the government that is established by God. And kids, if you're listening, this would be like an authority figure, whether it's your mom or dad or whether it's your teacher, whether it's your coach. And if you're married, it would be your wife. It would be, uh, I mean, your husband, your kids to the the mother. So you have this as an umbrella to protect you. God has established that. Now, obviously, if those who are in authority make laws that are contrary to God's word, that's like poking a hole in this. If you have a great umbrella, but then you have people that are going to now handle that umbrella, and there are no holes in it, or very, very few of them, but they're dancing all around with it, that's not going to help the people that they're supposed to serve. That would be like police officers and those that have to enforce the law. It's not going to really work. Then you have those that say, you know, I like the umbrella, but you know, I don't like carrying this all the time, so I'll just kind of carry it like this. So I'll get under the umbrella when I want it. I'll get out from under the umbrella when I don't want to really do this thing. It really doesn't work. We have to stay underneath this. So again, Government, laws, and those who enforce them, if they follow God, that's for our good that we have these things. So teach your kids that they need to do that. I'm going to tell you right now, most of the problems that adults have with those in our authority when they get older, whether they're police, employers, or others, is because they might have an authority problem to start with. So let them know that we are to obey the law for our own good. And that helps us to have that good behavior. And I hope that would be the case. All right, the third reason why is um, to maintain a clear conscience. The reason I like this one is because this now begins to help me from the inside out. If I do right, then I begin to experience the sense of peace from obeying the law. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. So I don't do it just so I don't get a ticket. Catch that. Don't drift. I don't do the right stuff so I avoid getting a ticket because if it's that way, then I'll get a fuzz buster and put it on my dash and speed all that I want because that'll avoid me getting a ticket. I'm still breaking the law in my heart. So I do it for the sake of the conscience. So you don't just do it out of fear. You do it for conscience sake. The fourth reason is to maintain a good testimony. This is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. As I use this verse as a teaching verse, The application may seem a little hard to find in this, but if you'll follow, you'll see. The reason I now will obey the law whenever possible is because it provides me a good testimony to those that I'm trying to influence for good. The verse says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. That's the key, inside out. I do it for God's sake, not because government or that police officer humanly deserves it. It's because God does To every human institution, now that's going to tell you the institution of authority, that's the context again. Whether to king is one in authority or to governors, one person or plural, which now talks about different styles of governments even. Higher government, lower government styles, as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Ah, there's, we're getting into the good testimony. For the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, again, why I want to obey the law, do what's right. I may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Foolish men are ignorant. So if I can stop them from thinking foolishly and being foolish, 
my testimony might be the very thing. So I don't want to have a negative influence on them. I want to have a positive influence. You might say, how in the world make sense out of that for me, Stan? I don't understand it. All right. I, I, I can do it by an illustration. I had a friend of mine that was telling me a story, not any of our pastors, thank God, but um, he was telling me this story about how he was late to a meeting that he was supposed to speak at. And the reason for him being late is not important. What is important is that he would go as fast, weave in and out of traffic to get where he needed to be. People were in front of him. He'd honk the horn. He remembers as he was going down this country road to this country church that there was a stop sign there. But he noticed that there was nobody really coming, so he did one of those uh, cruising through the stop sign things, you know. So he went through all of that, and he finally got to the church, only to find out that the car following him was a church member. And so when he got to the church, he got up to the pulpit and he started to speak. And what was he speaking on? This very sermon right here, obeying God. Now, can you imagine whatever influence he wanted to have on this person actually just uh, grew wings and flew out the window? And so that's what happens for us who are deciding as Christians. We'll be so self-righteous in our stand on pro-life, yet we drive like the wildest driver out there. You know, so we don't have that option, people. We don't have that luxury, so to speak. We have to follow what God has to say because we don't know how many eyes are watching you. I've told you over and over again, when people come up and say, I recognize your voice. You're Stan Boggs, aren't you? And I, I hear that a lot. And I, you get that when you have more of a public profile. I, I often think, thank you, Lord, that they came up and said something. The other half of it is, I wonder how many people saw Carol growling at me. No, no, how, how many times they saw me growling at Carol and never said anything. And I'm losing my influence. Now, you can do that anywhere with anything that you do. So when you make little jokes about, I skirted the law on this tax over here, and ah, I didn't pay, and it's under the table. I want you to know that God sees that, and he could be very well holding back the windows, of, of, of open windows of blessing he wants to pour on you. I know it's a temptation, and I've all been there, and I stepped in the, 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 the cruddy line. But if we really want to have God's richest blessing and to have a clear conscience as we do this, and a good testimony of influence, then we can't rock the boat. And you might say, well, I won't be able to survive. I can't afford to do If I did all of this, I would never be able to afford to be in business. Ooh, I want to be on your back porch right now. And I want to be sitting down having a nice Christian drink. I want to put my arm around you. And I want to tell you, I know the pain. I can't be, well, maybe then if you can't afford to, do, to be in business, without violating the law to do that, then maybe you shouldn't be in business. Maybe God's called you into something else. Or maybe, better yet, it's not that uh, you have to take a step back or a step down. Maybe as you sort all of this stuff out, uh, ask, clean whatever else is going on, go to the Lord. Remember, He is the most creative. He's the creator. So if He's the creator and He lives inside of you, maybe with His creativeness, He can help you create what the next greatness for your life could be. This has only been holding you back because you've been trying to feed this little self-made monster of yours of, of illegalities, all right? So I, I don't know, but I'm just sensing surrender to the will of God and his word and watch God work. Now, it'll be a step down for a moment, but it also could be a great step up as well. So take on the Lord and watch what great things that he can do for you. All right, number four. There's six of these. Here's number four. These will go a little bit more quickly. We're to pray for the, those that are in public office. I don't know how often we do that. I would suggest that you might begin doing that as often with your children as possible, whether you do the, the, the government in general or whether you take on different people or different phases of the government so it stays fresh with your kids to let them know how broad that is. Talk about all those that have to represent the law, whether they're policemen, firemen, first responders, whatever they might be. Pray for those. 
Scripture says, first of all, Paul now telling Timothy, as Timothy is uh, the pastor of the church at Ephesus, and he's telling him, this is how you pastor your people. This is what you've got to do first. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions, thanksgiving, be made behalf of all men. Okay, I got that. The sick people, the wounded people, the, the uh, discouraged people. But then it says, for kings and all who are in authority. Oh, yeah? What's the benefit if I do that? Well, it goes on to say, so that we may lead a, tri a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Maybe what's coming down upon all these churches today is, is a result of us not praying more for our public officials. Now, that's a hard thing to, to, to really grasp, but there's a guy by the name of Tertullian. Now, that, may, may, that name may mean nothing to you, but Tertullian lived at the time of the New Testament church and the new church right after the New Testament church, and here's what he said. He wrote this. It's found in the uh, Anti-Nicene Fathers uh, paperwork, and it says this, <clears throat> quoting, without ceasing, and by the way, this could be our prayer, without ceasing, for all our emperors, we offer prayer. Now think about it. Every emperor, and we, for us, it could be every Supreme Court justice, speaker of all the houses, the president of the United States, without ceasing, for all our emperors, we offer prayer. We pray for life prolonged, for security to the empire, our country, for protection to the imperial house, those people that are in the house, the White House, those that represent the seats of the houses, Senate, etc., for brave armies. We notice what happened in Iraq when the guys lost heart and they threw down their weapons and ran. After all, the United States military personnel gave their lives to train them. For brave armies, a faithful Senate, faithful to what? To God and the people they serve. A virtuous people, and that the world would be at rest. That's what Tertullian, who is leading those coming from the New Testament church to how to pray in the midst of a complete storm of persecution for Christians. And they said, pray for those. Drop my hearing aid. No, this is my microphone. Those of you that are listening on radio, I flipped off my microphone on my glasses. But let's not get distracted by that, but, by, but remember this. The need to be praying diligently and passionately for those that are in office. It may not change them necessarily, but I know it'll change us. Well, let's go to the fifth one here. <clears throat> Again, making sure that we have our responsibilities in order. This one here, I, I touched on it, but I'll just say another thought and we'll leave it. We are to pay taxes required by our government. I know this really gets to our goat because now you have to answer the question, if I pay taxes, I could be using my money, which is God's money, to be given, to be used for things that I think are anti-biblical. And I would say, you're right, and that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing for me. It had to be a hard thing for these New Testament Christians who are learning to surrender everything to the Lord. Everything is, needs to be biblical and holy and all right. And all of a sudden, they're told to pay taxes too to a government that equally is, I'm certain, going to do things that are wrong. Watch this. Would then take that money and use it to sharpen their swords with or to buy more um, creosote to light their fires with, to burn Christians with, and they're giving money to all of that. That must have been really hard to do all of that. But it said pay taxes. It didn't say pay taxes if they do this or if they don't do that. It says, for because of this, you also pay taxes. That's why you submit to them. You pay the taxes. For rulers are servants of God. Again, they serve God. God has a greater purpose in this. 
The purpose isn't necessarily Christians don't get burned. The purpose is that people get saved, so when they do get burned up, they go to heaven. Devoting themselves to this very thing, render to all what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom customs due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor is. So here's a phrase that works for me. Tax evasion is wrong, tax avoidance is right. Even the federal government allows you to avoid taxes, doing certain things a certain way. Now, obviously, you need to have uh, you know, a whole battery of tax attorneys and CPAs to figure out how to do all that stuff, but tax evasion is illegal and sinful. Tax avoidance is okay. And so that's really what he's saying. Understand what you should and should not do and pay what you should. Don't pay what you don't have to. Another statement on taxes I thought was interesting as well. This one is coming from a guy named Justin Martyr. What a name. Justin Martyr sounds like just a martyr, you know, but his name is Justin Martyr. He was a second, Thessal- second century theologian. He was a church father. And here's what he said. He said everywhere, he, by the way, what he's saying, this is in a letter that he wrote to the Roman emperor by the name of Antonius uh, Pius. He wrote this to him, representing the church as a theologian. As a pastor, church father, he says, Everywhere, emperor, we Christians, more readily than all men, endeavor to pay those appointed by you the taxes, both ordinary and extraordinary, as we have been taught by Jesus. Ooh, that's the gig. Taught by Jesus. We're doing it because Jesus said to do this. Whence to God alone we render worship. That's important. We're giving you the taxes. That's, That's due to you, but we don't worship you. We render alone our worship to God. But in all things, and in other things, we gladly serve you, acknowledging you as kings and rulers of men. And then he adds this, and praying that with your kingly power, you be found to possess also sound judgment. So what is he saying? Three things. One, we'll pay taxes. Number two, we will obey you. Number three, we will pray for you. Sounds like he was reading his Bible, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly what this is talking about. And lastly is number six. And I wanted to end with this because... I don't want you to feel like we just roll over and die, you know, or play dead around our government. That God does say that we, while we have our home in heaven, we are still to be salt and light in this world in every way, whether it's to our neighbors just by helping them with their yard work sometimes, as well as to deal with our government. And sometimes it is to suffer persecution. We've covered all of that. But remember, we are the salt of the earth. Let me read you this passage. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, Matthew 5, 13, 5, 13 through 16 says, how can it be salty again? You know, once you've lost your effectiveness, how do you get it back again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot of men. You're the light of the world. You're like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Don't you love it when you fly into our beautiful city of Honolulu and then you can look up to those ridges up there, whether it's St. Louis Heights and maybe it's um, up in those areas. You see all the little houses going up. It just blankets the hill. We see that. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. We kind of put it so other people can see it. But they put it on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Everybody can have uh, influence and positive benefits from it. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they could see your good works. In other words, do your good works. Yeah, you can do it kind of like where they don't see you. But at the same time, do good works that will influence. Do something that will make a difference. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. So what I'm basically getting from this passage of Scripture is... Here it is. Listen very carefully. Watch this. 
penetrate the community. Salt penetrates food for taste and for uh, longevity of the food. Light penetrates the darkness so that people can see and not stumble and get hurt and be able to have fellowship with one another. They're penetrating. As a Christian, I am to penetrate this community with righteous living. I'm to penetrate this community by obedience to the government, paying my taxes when I should, at the same time being the salt and light and praying for them, for our community. And I, I hope that we would, dear ones. I hope that when we have an opportunity to let our voice be heard, we let our voice be heard. We live in a country that encourages that, actually. Whether we write letters, whether we might walk around with signs, certainly how we vote. And for some of you, might even be led by the Lord because these are ministers of God for you to go into government. Would to God that some of you would be able to learn the Constitution, learn our local, uh, need, uh, our, our local government laws, and at the same time know the needs of our people, and then as a Christian to see how that you could make our life filled with more peace and tranquility and step into that tremendous uh, blender, grinder, to make it work. Would to God that our young people would go off to school and have such a passion for good godly government that they would be a good godly government official someday and God would raise them up for that and there would be an army of them that this light would... But, but I don't know that it's not going to make our, our, our country a better country forever. It won't do that. And it all begins when you trust Christ as your Savior. Can't have that without it. Well, let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I know we went... I wanted to bring this to a close today because I am passionate about it. I'm not so foolish to think that I've answered every question that has a dilemma. But I am as confident and passionate to know that you have been given truth. And the Holy Spirit will help you to sort this out. And I'm sure that all of us, preacher included, will make some changes in how we respond to those government officials. That we'll pray more for them passionately for their salvation, for wisdom for their own safety, for a proper understanding of our constitution and laws, to understand the real needs of our community totally, and not just to think of temporary needs or the loudest frog in the pond, so to speak. And we'll not only think in terms of the most immediate or expedient need, but how that would fit into a longer need, that they would think deeper and further and how it affects people for generations. And that they would understand that no matter what, it's the needs of the people, they might have a lot of outer needs that we're trying to meet when we're neglecting the inner needs. And that's why they're trying to just put Band-Aids in the outer needs, and they'll never fix it until the inner need is done when they trust Christ as Savior. That's the key. Father, we've looked at an area that affects all of us on a daily basis, whether we recognize it or not. I pray that you would help us to be men and women and young men and young women of godly convictions based upon an accurate knowledge of God's word. I pray that we'll be people who honor our authorities that you've allowed to be over us. And that, Father, not their personalities, but for their position. They represent a position of authority. We're not saluting the person. We're saluting the position they represent. Not only that we would honor these in authority, but we would seek ourselves to be salt and light, and we would not hide our light under a bushel. Lord, there are some issues in our society that we need to take a stand on individually and corporately. And sometimes a small church is like a small pebble going into a pond and is barely a ripple. 
And so, Lord, I pray that our church would be a large church, like a rock or even a boulder that will do more than that. It will send a, a wave of truth, of salt and light into our community. And that we would bond together with other believers of like mind biblically and let our voice be heard together with them. Lord, prevent us from becoming a political church, though, that's trying to bring in the kingdom through legislation, because we can't, and we're not to do that. We know that you haven't called the church to be the government, but you've called the church to be the church and to share the message clearly of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've told us to go and make disciples of all nations, not make them Americans. Help us to keep that in focus at all times. Help us to be good citizens that we would silence the criticism of unbelievers and that people would look at believers as model citizens. Help us not to be afraid of authority as long as we keep the laws of the land. And Father, we pray this not only in your name, but that thy kingdom will come soon. Father, we pray this for thy glory. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.